Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. And we're going to be talking to you today about 10 emotionally abusive things hijackals say often, far too often, and how you can neutralize their effects within yourself. It's a really difficult thing when you have these toxic people in your life. And you know, hijackals is my word for them. And I created that that word because we don't want to be making clinical diagnoses of them. Um, we just need to know that they have certain patterns, traits, cycles, behaviors, and they are identifiable and they run in groups. And so when we start to learn all of the little pieces that go into making a hijackal behavior, then we can do something about it. At least we can make decisions about what we'd like to do about it. And that's really important. So <clears throat> I'm really glad that you're here and we're going to be discussing that tonight. If you've been with us before, I'm glad you've returned. And if you are new, I'm glad you found me. If you'd like to support this work, you can go to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity, patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. And Patreon is a place where you can make a pledge for as little as a dollar or any dollar value you like one time or on a monthly basis to support the work. So thank you in advance if you consider going there and making a donation. So many times we hear the same things over and over from hijackals. They are meant to be demeaning. They are meant to be degrading. They are meant to be dismissive. They are meant to be discounting. And they they tear at you. They wear you down until you are kind of emotionally exhausted. And so I wanted to talk about 10 of those things to, today so that you can clearly recognize them, A, as emotionally abusive, and B, as something that you can respond to internally, if not externally, that will help you neutralize their effect. We all know it's a difficult thing to live with a person who has these behaviors and to raise children with them. <clears throat> or maybe they were the people who raised you. Maybe they were your parents. Maybe you went from toxic parents into a toxic relationship yourself. That's very common. And so these things were said to you when you were young, and they are repeated to you by your partner or maybe by a sibling. And so no matter which hijackal we're talking about, your parents, your partner, your siblings, your adult child, your friends, your coworkers, these are things that they say. So we're going to just talk about 10 of them. There are far too many of them to talk about, but there are 10. And let's begin. The number one is 
that you are not good enough. It's a prevailing sense that they give you, but it's the words that they use. They discount you like, well, who do you think you are to ask for that? Um, what Whatever happened in your mind to think that you could speak up? Do you really think somebody wants to hear from you? They put you down in such a way to make you feel as though you don't have a place. You're not good enough to even be participating equally in the conversation. Now, you know, I always refer to episode 115, the three must-haves of healthy adult relationship. You can see that when one person thinks that they're superior to another, you are never going to have those three must-haves. You are never going to have equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. It can't happen. So when a hijackal or a person with narcissistic tendencies, a toxic person, you hear from them that you are not good enough. That is their way of making sure they're superior and you're inferior. It's very important for them to keep that story going for their own purposes because they must feel on top. They must feel that they're winning. They must feel that they're right. And they must feel that they actually have you in their power. So when they tell you that you are not good enough in one way or another, one of the ways that you can neutralize that is simply by saying internally, one person's opinion is not the reality for me. No matter what this person is saying, I am thinking something different. You may have that opinion. I do not hold that opinion. So quietly in yourself, you're saying, that's not true. What is true is I am more than good enough. I am equal. I do deserve a reciprocal relationship and I do deserve mutuality, which is not present or available here. <clears throat> so your internal dialogue begins to shift. Instead of being backed down and pushed away, which is what the hijacker wants to do to overpower you, you actually get into a place where you're going, mm-mm. No, I'm not having any of that. You talk on if you like, I'm not taking it in because you know that one. They're only telling you that you're not good enough because internally they feel they're not good enough. That's what we call projection. So they are projecting their concern for themselves not being good enough and turning it around and putting it on you. That's the projection. They're real. You get the picture projected on you. And so <clears throat> this not good enough thing is pervasive to narcissists. And you might think, how can that be when so many of them behave in ways that they seem to be so um, superior, that they, they seem to feel that they rule the roost and they're so confident. But no, underlying that, and don't put your compassion hat on, underlying that is a very great big hole, which they do not feel good enough. So they overstep in an endeavor to make themselves appear more than good enough. So that's one thing. Another thing they like to tell you is, you're wrong. You know that. It's always going to be your fault. Everything is going to be your fault. And you're wrong. Now, again, it's that dichotomy. They want to be right. And therefore, if they want to be right, you must be wrong. 
they couldn't possibly entertain the fact that two people could be right and that we could have a conversation about it and maybe come to some learning about each other or some resolution of our conflict. No, they couldn't possibly entertain that idea. So therefore, you must be wrong. Now, when you want to neutralize that idea, one important thing is to know your own truth, that you understand that you know what happened. They want to confuse you. They want to get you into chaos in your mind. Did I say it? Didn't I say it? Did I do it? Didn't I do it? They'll gaslight you into that position. And telling you that you're wrong when you know you're right is is a gaslighting activity. So if you hear this coming and you hear this, you're wrong, it's your fault, all of that, change your internal dialogue and ask the speaker to make an example for you. Tell me exactly where you think I'm wrong and get them to go into their left brain because when they're angry and they're upset and they're talking at you, then you know that they are not in their um, logical brain. They think they are. They think they are making absolute sense. But you want to get the speaker back into their brain. So I'll talk about that a little more later. So when they tell you you're wrong, certainly ask yourself, am I? Is that actually what's going on here? And if there is no evidence in that reality, then simply remind yourself that no, whatever is being said to me is with an intent to confuse and to put me down. And I know that I am accurate. So you bring your energy back to yourself instead of wasting it on the hijackal. I hope that makes sense to you because they want you to lean in. They want you to be engaged. They want you to think that they are right and that they are the be all and end all of making decisions about what's right and wrong. And when you don't lean in, when you don't, oh, am I wrong? You don't, you don't second guess yourself. You don't super question yourself. When you just sit and go, oh, that noise is going on over there. I hear it. I'm taking note of it, but I'm not taking it in. And when you start to make that separation between what they are doing and saying and what reality actually is for you, you start to take back the power that is rightfully yours. It's not power over anyone. It's your personal power to choose what's right for you. And so when they're going off like a Roman candle, you just simply go into a place that affirms what you know to be true for you. Now, I know that may be taking a little effort. In fact, it may take a whole lot of effort, but it's absolutely worth it. So I sincerely hope that you will take that into, into consideration, that I do not have to lean in and ask them questions and what do you think and why do you think that? And no, 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 that's not the case. And then the more you protest, the more they become adamant and superior. Let's not get into that dynamic. Let's simply sit back, observe, and then calibrate inside. Is this actually accurate? Is there truth to what this person is saying? Did I make a mistake? 
if the answer is yes, you say, yes, I did make a mistake, I apologize, and you move on. If the answer is no, then you just allow them to run out their clock, speak at whatever they're speaking, and eventually they will feel like they have won and they will walk away. So there's two things. Another thing that hijackals like to say is that you're stupid, that you can't think your way out of a paper bag. They have to do that, of course, because they think it puts them on top and puts you down at the bottom. But you know you're not stupid. You know you never were stupid. You know that maybe you have allowed that behavior and it's caused you to second-guess yourself but you know you're not stupid. You know you're not without a brain. You know that you have a reality and you can, in fact, believe your own reality most of the time. And so don't let them get away with telling you you're stupid or you're uh, thoughtless or you're whatever it is without calibrating to see, hmm, no, that's not true. It's a broad generalization. It's just a big slush fund to try and whitewash me with, you know, I'm going to discount you as a human being. So when you feel within yourself that you can realize where it's coming from, their need to be superior and right, you don't meet that with your need to be superior and right or logical. <laughs> you just simply observe it. You don't retreat and you don't advance. You just stand still and observe it. Do you think you could do that? To just calibrate what is actually going on here? This person needs to feel they are the top of the mountain and they want me to feel that I'm being buried in the valley. And that's the story that they need in order to survive. I know it's not the truth. I know within myself it's not the truth. So therefore, I do not need to respond to it. And if I do want to respond to it and neutralize it, you can say, that's not the reality for me. I know that I am perfectly capable of thinking and having good ideas, and I am sure that that is the case. And you just affirm yourself. So affirm yourself within, silently, or with affirm, affirm yourself outwardly by being verbal about it. And that way, you don't allow that pushback to cause you to recede, which is what they want you to do. So they can have power over you and you will be backing away. When you just neutralize it and say, no, that's not my reality. I actually know that I am not stupid or I actually know that I can think quite clearly. You're not refuting them in the sense that they're wrong. You are affirming that you know you. And this can be a big step for you because if you've been backed away and backed away and backed away, and then you stand up to it and say, no, that's not the case. That's not true for me. I can affirm that and take your space back again. Expand into that space. And that will help neutralize it. It'll make the two power bases more equal. Okay, number three, they like to tell you that you don't do things well. Okay, you could have done that better. 
you know, if if you're bathing a child or you're washing dishes or you're running an errand or you're washing the car, whatever it is, they like to tell you that you're not doing it well enough, right? That sounds familiar. Now, it's the little snide remarks, the little little things that they just need to poke you with. They just need to riddle you with the idea that you don't do things very well. So again, we use that same technique of affirming yourself, stand back from the car and say, looks pretty good to me, and carry on going. Also, at the same time, internally, you're going, there they go. I'm going to identify what the hijackal is endeavoring to do. The hijackal is endeavoring to have power over me. But I am in charge of my power. I'm not going to give it to them, and I'm not going to fight them for it. I'm just going to expand into my full self and say, I don't agree. I think the car looks great. And they can they can talk all that they want, but you keep affirming your reality and affirming yourself and declaring that that's so. Because you have been contracted The idea of being with a hijackal is that there's a circle and each of you occupy half of it when you begin. And it stays generally that way when you're in a healthy relationship. But when you're in relationship with a hijackal, they want to take up more and more and more space in that circle. And in order to do that, they have to make you smaller and smaller and smaller. And when you stand up and refuse to get smaller, this is the beginning of the turn of things. They may recognize it. They may not like it. They may be okay with it. You just have to see. And one day it may be one way and one day it may be the other. But for your health, for your sense of self-confidence, for your self-esteem, for your self-knowledge, you need to expand into the space and affirm yourself because you know you do do things well. You know, honestly, the house is running, the children are still alive, you probably have a job and manage everything that the hijackal doesn't want to manage, and somehow it all works. So you know you do do things well. Don't let them second guess you because that's the game. That's what they're after. They want to get you on the run thinking, could they be right? Are they right? Am I a terrible person? Am I lousy at that? And when they do that, you see that smirk, right? I call it the hijackal smirk. And if you listen to the uh, episode that I did as an interview with David Hill, he is a facial coding expert. And I asked him that question about that that smirk. And he was very familiar with it. And he said that it is, in the facial coding, it is the combination of disdain and anger. And when you get those two codes together, it comes out as contempt. And basically, that's what they're doing with that smirk, like, I got you. I'm on top of the pile. I have succeeded. And you don't even know what I did to you. And that's what they're endeavoring to do. They're endeavoring to take up more than half of their circle. In fact, they'd like to take up at least nine-tenths of it. And uh, if you're still breathing, they might go for nine and a half-tenths of it. (laughs) All right, so we've talked about four. Let's talk about another. They, They like to ask you, what makes you think that you deserve that? 
Well, obviously, if something is available, we all deserve it equally. (laughs) So the answer is because I breathe, but you're not going to say that because that would just poke the hijackle, right? So when they ask you, why do you think you deserve to have that or do that or whatever, your internal dialogue needs to be because I exist. I have the right to take up space and draw breath on this earth. So that's why it becomes really important to neutralize it with a personal weather report. I've spoken of that so often. I have a whole video on that. I have done a podcast on it. That's a technique, a strategy that I developed in order to have communication that is both kind and honest at the same time. But the thing is that it comes from a place of knowing that you deserve to take up space and draw breath on this earth and knowing, therefore, that you have the right to say what you think, what you want, what you need, what you prefer, what you remember, uh, and how you feel. You have that right as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. So when you're talking about yourself, you're on solid ground. When you're talking about someone else, little troublesome, open to interpretation. When you're talking about someone else who happens to be a hijackal and you're speaking out loud, you're going to have a fight on your hands. So it becomes important when they say, why do you think you deserve that? To be able to simply say, well, it's available. Everybody could have that and I deserve it too. And to be able to say it in that way, that just discloses your thought process. It doesn't engage in any kind of argument, although they'll see everything that's not in agreement with them as an argument anyway. But you are cleaning your communication so that you know that you are simply saying, because that's what I want, and I have a right to want that. It's very, very clear then. They don't like it. Anything that I'm telling you, a hijackal will not appreciate your doing. But you are doing some of these things internally. I want you to be emerging empowered. Whether you're emerging empowered within the relationship or you emerge empowered and decide to leave the relationship, you need to be emerging empowered on a daily basis. And you know I have courses coming up. But now we have our community ready for you, the emerging empowered community. So go to the website for relationship help and um, see it there. You can click on support circles and you'll see it at forrelationshiphelp.com. Lots of help for emerging empowered and the community, great place to talk. Um, It works just like Facebook, except it's securely on my website. And so nobody but members can see it anywhere. Okay, another one. You know, a hijackal likes to have that superior place that I mentioned. So they'll say to you, you're lucky I put up with you. You're lucky I haven't walked out of here. In other words, take the dregs of what I'm going to throw your way and be happy. You get the crumbs. And it's really important for you to know that you deserve much more than crumbs. You deserve half the cake. You know, if the relationship is the whole cake, you deserve half of that cake. And if you're only getting crumbs, it's not enough. It's inappropriate and it is not 
going to create a healthy adult relationship. So when they ask, when they say to you, well, you're just lucky I put up with you. You're lucky I don't throw you out of here. This is a time that can create fear within you. You can feel threatened. So at that moment, really important to expand your chest and just bring your shoulders back. Take a few deep breaths and remind yourself, I am the one who is putting up with you. And why? Have a little inquiry in your mind. Why am I? Because they are wanting to tell you that they are in charge, large and in charge, and that they are deigning to put up with you. But when you start to physically bring your power back into your body, when you bring your shoulders back and you breathe deeply, that changes things because they want you to be constricted. They want you to be constrained. They want you to be feeling smaller and smaller. And when you when you don't, not that you're going to look like that, but all, all small and, and passive, but it's an internal feeling. They want to crush you. And then they tell you that these, they as wonderful people are just putting up with you. And why? Well, you're just lucky I do. So take back your space in your head come back to the place of recognizing that don't lean into their story. Don't lean into their narrative that you're lucky they put up with you. Ask yourself the question, why am I putting up with this? It will change the way the hemispheres of your brain operate and it'll help keep you in a centered good place. And that is super important. Okay, another Hijackals like to tell you that you are not attentive enough to their needs. You are not doing your job. You know, that can extend to, to, to the bedroom. And so often it does. They like to bring you down about the bedroom, the most intimate place that you share with these people. And so they want to make you inadequate there. But they're very concerned about having their own needs met. and. They'll tell you that you're not attentive enough, you don't serve them enough, you don't service them enough, and big question, what are you? Are you being paid as a prostitute to service them? No, you want you want to be in a relationship where you feel so safe and you trust so much that you can be intimate and you're drawn to that safety and trust. Hijackles don't build that. It is definitely a hierarchical relationship in the bedroom in most cases. And they want to, again, be large and in charge, no pun intended, if they happen to be male. So let's remember that, that when they say you are not being attentive enough to their needs, they mean that you should forsake your own needs, your own desires, your own values and do everything their way. So remind yourself that you are not a sexual object. If we go with the, the piece that they're talking about so often, these are the same people who may be watching porn and having side hustles with other people who then tell you that you're not paying enough attention to them. And that's why they have to do that. Or they tell you you're not paying enough attention to them and don't tell you about the side hustles because they want to have supply from everywhere. So at those moments, 
have your own inner dialogue about your own values, your own needs, your own wants, what's okay with you, and how the balance is going. And don't be listening to the you're not attentive enough to me story because that's not helpful. Another one, you're a poor parent. You know, at their worst moments, they want to hit you as deeply as you can. And often we see ourselves as parents and doing the very best we can with parenting. So they see it as a nice, soft, underbelly topic to hit. And so they'll tell you, you're not a good parent. Now do things, nasty things, like threaten to call Child Protective Services when you didn't do anything, but they want power over you. And it's often in the parenting arena. They like to do that. Even after you leave them, that will be the area of contention all the time, the children. So it's really important then for you to stay in the situation. So ask again for a specific example. I'd like to learn why you don't think I'm a good parent. Please give me an example. And then listen, then ask for another. You know, I told you already, it pushes them into the other side of their brain. But when you can get them to stick to the facts, very difficult to do, of course, but your your endeavor is to get them to stick to the facts. You cause them to sputter a little bit because they like to generalize everything. You're a lousy parent, but when you ask them for specific examples, that is more difficult for them. So that's something you can say and say it genuinely, authentically. Tell me how you think I'm a poor parent. You know, in a in an equal way, just tell me. I'd like to know your side of the story, and then you can see where the inequity is, and you can see how they sputter a little bit to come up with an example, and they may make something up. And at that moment, you go, Ah, yes. Now we get to the lying part, the manipulating and deceiving part. And again, observe, observe, observe. Two more. One thing a hijackal says is, you don't deserve anything. Now that's related to the why do you think you deserve that? But they have an underlying belief they deserve everything and you deserve nothing. And yes, that's extreme, I know, but that's how they think. In a world that works in their mind, they get everything because everybody should give it to them. And so when they tell you, you don't deserve anything, they are telling you that they deserve everything. So if you can make that switch internally in your head, when they say that to you, they are just drawing the line in the sand to say, everything should come my way. And if you cared about me, if you had it together, if you weren't so stupid, if you weren't so wrong, if you were good enough, you would see that I should have everything and you should be happy to give it to me. Again, you get into that place where you can discern that, whoa, this is way out of line. This is way out of whack. And so you're observing and you're calibrating. And then you begin to see the patterns more clearly, that you can articulate the patterns. Because these are not good things. They can't, they can't imagine being in a relationship that is equal, reciprocal, and mutual that is nowhere on their radar as a pattern for a relationship because it doesn't serve their interests. So it's important for you to see that. And the last one I want to talk about is body shaming. 
they like to as a last resort, but sometimes they lead with that. They like to body shame you, that you are simply inadequate as a human being. So they want to tell you you're too thin, you're too fat, you're too tall, you're too short, you don't have body parts that appeal to them, um, no matter what it is. And I won't go into a whole lot more examples, but that is the lowest thing to body shame you. And it is where they will go because they know it's a vulnerable place to go. So at that point, you need to stand your ground and don't retreat and say, I'm quite okay with my body. Or you might say, yeah, I'd be happy to lose 10 pounds. And just let it go. Because if you just acknowledge it, they have nowhere to go with that. So they'll get louder perhaps and they'll do more of it. But you have stood your ground. And that is super, super important. And when you were willing to do these things, when you were willing to validate yourself, when you're willing to affirm yourself, when you're willing to take up your space, inhabit half your circle, come back to inhabiting half your circle. And much of what I've shared with you tonight just goes on in your mind. You don't have to speak it out loud, but you are filling up yourself again. You are coming back to your own wholeness. Now, I help people with that all the time, as you well know. And if if you haven't used my new client offer, a full one-hour session with me for only $97, you can do that at beaclient.com, beaclient.com. And we will have a full session together, and that will be great. And that will put you on a path to seeing whether you'd like to work with me further. And that's a good thing. If you have a pressing question, that's a good place to have it answered. So, so much going on for you. I hope this has been helpful to understand what these emotionally abusive statements are, because everyone that I talked about tonight is emotionally abusive. It may also be verbally abusive, but it's emotionally abusive. And we're not going to tolerate abuse, right? No. It is no possible way that once we understand what it is and what it looks like and what to do about it, that we are not going to take action and stand up to emotional abuse. That doesn't mean you stand in the face of a hijackal. It doesn't mean you poke a hijackal. It means that within yourself, you are realizing that you are taking and reclaiming your power. And I hope you will. I really hope you will. There's lots of opportunities to get involved. Please go to my website at forrelationshiphelp.com, forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com. My YouTube channel has the exact same name, for relationship help. So youtube.com slash forrelationshiphelp. I look forward to talking with you soon. And until we do, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. 
If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.